to live prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Friday evening. I pray it's been a great day for you. Good to be together once again. If you're new to the program, you're watching live prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, wherever you're watching me tonight, all throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, border to border. Thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So, pray it's been a good Friday for you. It's... uh, been an interesting day in the news cycle. We've got a lot of very interesting things to talk to you about tonight. So buckle in. It's a good way to end the week. Four things I actually do for me each night on this program. First, pray for me. Pray for the program. Means more than you'll ever know. Second of all, share the daily devotional. Encourage people you know to sign up. It's free like everything on live prayer. You'll be in their email every morning. Just go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link. A couple pieces of basic information, they'll be all set to go. Third is this TV program. Tell people they need to be watching live prayer. Listen, I get it. Not everybody can be up at 11 o'clock Eastern to watch us live. By the way, we're live on our Facebook page our Twitter page, obviously our home page of liveprayer.com where we, uh, everything flows from that place, right? We're also live on Rumble. We're also live on uh, Roku every night. Welcome to our Roku friends. So uh, we've got some live action on major, many major platforms, but if they can't watch us live, that's fine because we also have the program available for on-demand viewing after it's over on Facebook, on Twitter, also on Rumble, but also on Gab, on CloudHub, on, uh, what else? Getter, Sovereign Media, uh, True Patriots Network, Truth, Frank's speech and Frank, yeah, Frank's speech and the other Frank. There's a couple of them. Frank social. We're on Frank social, Frank speech. Okay. So we're, we're a lot of places also on demand. So people do not have to watch us live. And let me remind you, we also have the audio version cut out for a podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Just search for live prayer TV. You'll get it. We're on the major uh, podcast platforms, audio only. Again, another way for people to get the content. So there's a million ways people can get this program each and every night. All right? So encourage them to do that. Uh, Last of all, of course, 
if this ministry has been a blessing to you. Pray about supporting us. We don't do ads. I don't try to sell you pills or uh, exercise machines or all the crazy stuff they push on you all night long on all these various platforms. We're just here to minister to people. We walk by faith, doing it for 30 years. God has blessed us for 30 years. Uh, the beautiful thing is I don't have buildings. I don't have mansions. I don't have fleets of cars. I don't have thousands of employees. And when you don't have all of that, it's amazing how far money goes. So you're sowing into good soil, proven soil. Pray about helping me. Again, upper right-hand corner, donation link. Click on it. Give your address. If you want to drop a check in the mail to our office in St. Petersburg, Florida. Also a link to our credit card portal where you can make a one-time donation or you can make it as reoccurring each month. Okay? Pray about helping me. All right. Let's pray and we will get going. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this beautiful week we've enjoyed. I pray tonight for my friends who have joined me. Lift them up, their families, their needs. Thank you for the day and the blessings we've enjoyed. Thank you for this moment, Lord. Open our hearts, open our minds. Help us to hear tonight all of the important information we need to hear and know. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, so we've got a lot of interesting things to talk about tonight. We don't have uh, 600 topics like we do many nights. Only about 200. No, I'm just kidding. But we've got some major uh, events to talk about. I woke up this morning very early. And uh, I was actually awakened by alarms. And it was the fact that uh, Sergei Novotny in Russia had died. Now, who is Navalny? Navalny was, has been for the last probably 20 years the number one political opponent of Vladimir Putin. Okay? He is what you would call probably a Westerner in his philosophy. Uh, opposed Putin's method of governance, okay? He was a very popular figure in Russia amongst the opposition party, right? And uh, obviously that put him at odds with the dictator, Vladimir Putin. Now, over the many years, Putin has uh, had his People arrest uh, Navalny for various things. Uh, they have tried to silence his voice. It got a little serious back about four or five years ago when he was poisoned. Many, of course, blame it on the KGB. Uh, he was poisoned a second time. And his wife and family refused to take him to a Moscow hospital. Instead, they airlifted him to a German hospital. Now, he almost died on this one. This back in 21. Actually, uh, 2020. And uh, he did recover. And upon his recovery in early 1921, or, I'm sorry, 2021, 
he decided to return to his native homeland of Russia. Now, he knew that upon returning to Russia, he was probably going to be arrested upon landing at the airport there. And that's exactly what happened. Again, he had been arrested over the couple decades on all kinds of various charges. Um, but they used one of the old charges then to take him into custody. Now, he was on house arrest for several years. Finally, though, he, he stood trial. It was a typical Russia show trial. We're going to get into that in a little bit. And uh, he was then convicted and sentenced to nine years in a Russian-Siberian gulag. He's been in that situation probably for about a little less than three years. And this morning we got news that he died in prison. Okay? Now, I have to be honest with you. No fan of Putin, evil guy. Anybody that's watched this program knows I've never minced words about the evil of Vladimir Putin. Okay? just a fact. He's an evil guy. He's a dictator. No different than Kim Jong-un, Chairman G, Maduro in Venezuela, or any other dictator around the world. Okay? That's a fact. But this is what Russia is. Always has been since the days of Lenin. Come on. Um, it was sick. It was sickening this morning, to be honest with you, to watch the U.S. media covering the death of Navalny and immediately using his death to try to push the sixty billion dollars to Ukraine. We got to stop Putin now. When to be blunt with you. The two really have no immediate impact on each other. But this death, this murder, if you want to call it that, I don't have a problem calling it that, was used to push the $60 billion of Ukraine money. And of course, Joe Biden came out earlier, early in the day and started to hammer away, not so much at how brave and what a hero to the Russian people Navalny was over the decades, but again, pushing for this 60 billions of aid. Now, i got to be honest with you. One of the most disgusting things to me is one. I'm just going to be blunt. One reason people watch this program is because I do not mince words. Fox News' Jennifer Griffin, she's their, you know, foreign course by their national security correspondent, whatever you want to, however you want to label it. She was all in on pushing for the $60 billion. I mean, let, let me tell you something. Jennifer Griffin, just so you understand, whenever you hear her voice, she is a voice, okay, of the deep state, just being honest, a voice of the uh, 
military-industrial complex, okay? She is a warrior for that whole part of the government. That's just fact. And she got on Fox News this morning and just was jamming hard how the how the Republicans were stopping that aid. They need to get that aid to Ukraine so Ukraine can stop Putin. Ukraine is not going to stop Putin no matter how much money we give them, okay? Understand that. That $60 billion they want so bad they can taste it every day, it's not going to change anything. All the money we've already given them has done nothing but keep the war at best at a stalemate. And that's the kindest uh, over, overview of what's happened. All right? I told you day one, Ukraine's never going to defeat Russia. All we've done is pump $100 billion into Ukraine that has, that has basically resulted in the death of 200,000 in that area, Russian and Ukrainian people. And all the money we continue to put, pump in there, if we do, it's going to do nothing but the same. It's not going to stop Putin or anything like that. Um, If you don't give money to Ukraine, according to the media, including Fox News, you are a pro-Putin stitch. Okay? Uh, there, is no, there is no lie that has been told in the media as great as that lie. And that is exactly what it is. This money in Ukraine has nothing to do with being pro-Putin or anything of the nature. The sooner we shut the money down, the sooner the killing stops. And I hate to say it, but as much as they love to lambast him, how many times have you heard Donald Trump say, I, they said, now, who do you want to win? I want the killing to stop. And to be blunt with you, for a Christian, that should be our goal, too. Let's stop the killing. Putin is not going to... Putin is not... Putin could not... He does not have the capability of even taking Ukraine. To say he's going to take Ukraine and go to Poland and the rest of the European... is pure nonsense, okay? That is fanning the flames of Nazi Germany 80 years ago... And that is not what Russia intends to do. And it's not what Russia has the capability of doing. The fact is, we have done more to promote the economy of Russia in the last two years through this nonsense, insane war with Ukraine than anything they could have imagined. Remember, we put all these... Uh, sanctions on Russia, we will stop the oligarchs. Russia has flourished in the last couple years. Both from our anti-energy policies and the fact that 
Russia has gone around all of our sanctions. Now, let me put this in perspective for you, please. At the same time as this happened this morning, and it's, listen, I've always told you, no coincidences, right? This weekend is the is the uh, Munich Security Conference, okay? Munich, Germany. It's where the globalists of the world, the WEF folks, the warmongers of the world, all gather once a year. It's a globalist gathering. Representing the US, United States, because, of course, Joe Biden is not capable of performing even in a limited basis on a national stage anymore. You had John Kerry, okay? You had the wife of Sergei Navalny. Of course, that was not by accident. There are no accidents. And you had Vice President Kamala Chucklebucket Harris, okay? Now, Harris, of course, used the opportunity on her teleprompter because take the teleprompter away, she can't even put a sentence together. For Biden, it's because of mental deficiencies. For Harris, it's just she's uneducated. Just being honest. Sorry, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Anybody that's watched knows I'm not lying. She used the opportunity to rip the American isolationists and how we will never leave our our, our allies and our and our, and our and our partners. Of course, shot at Trump. Shots at those who want to take care of our homeland first. Then we can maybe look at the rest of the world, right? And she continued to espouse this notion that. The United States is part of the global community. Um, again, there is no mistaking that the death of Navalny at the very time this annual Munich Security Conference, which is, a again, a gathering of globalists from around the world, uh, primarily NATO countries, those who are all in for constant wars. Okay, just being honest. There's no mistaking that that conference, Navalny's death at the Siberian prison where he was being held is an accident. Okay, listen, folks, this is a nasty world. Okay. I've never made any bones about that. We've never tried to cover it up. But let me tell you what my takeaway was from today, okay? As I watched the coverage of Navalny's death, as it was juxtaposed with the uh, Munich Security Conference, again, an annual gathering, let me tell you what my takeaway was. And I gotta be honest with you. I was on several 
radio programs this morning, made some posts this morning that were ripped from pillar to post. Because I asked the question, okay, so Putin took his primary political opponent, put him in a, put him in a Siberian gulag, after having tried to silence him for decades, tried to poison him to death, which failed, and by some manner or means, Navalny ended up dead today. Okay? And I asked the question, what is the difference? And come on, folks, listen. This Sunday I turned 66 years old. And I have to be honest with you. It's only been in the last four or five years that what I'm about ready to tell you even became a thought in my mind. Okay? But let me ask you a question tonight. Can you explain to me the difference between Vladimir Putin and his regime and the Joe Biden regime that's being controlled by Barack Hussein Obama? Can you tell me the difference? Well, what do you mean, Bill? Well, today we lament the death of Navalny. We are angered that this fine man, after decades of being punished, pounded from pillory to post, attempted assassination, finally put in prison, finally dead. Can you explain to me the difference between what Putin did to Navalny and what Biden's doing to Donald J. Trump? I'm just asking a question. I think it's a legitimate question. Tell me the difference. Please explain to me. Tell me the difference. Russia's famous for their political prisoners. Okay. That's a horrible thing. I don't think anybody would argue with that fact. But anybody who understands what January 6th really was and what has happened to the destroyed lives of 1,400 American citizens and counting, 98% who did nothing wrong, tell me what the difference is between the political prisoners in Putin's Russia and the political prisoners in Biden's America. Please explain it to me. Please, I'm open. I'm, I'm wide open to hear what the difference is. Because from where I sit, there is zero. And you might as well replace the name Navalny, Putin and Navalny, with Biden and Trump. We have never had an American, a former American president indicted. We never had the Department of Justice weaponized against a political opponent to the degree of which Obama slash Biden have used it today. Just today, Donald Trump, in an absolutely garbage, 
pardon the pun, trumped up case in New York State was it was adjudicated to owe the state of New York $360 million. For what? For fraud. What was this fraud? Oh, for having loans with banks and insurance companies that didn't lose a penny. Not only didn't lose a penny, but made money in a special law they made up that's never been used before. I mean, you want to talk about cooking the books? You want to talk about a corrupt judge? Don't tell me about Russia. I don't want to hear about Russia. Er, this Judge Erdogan in New York, he's no different than any one of Putin's judges in Russia today. Zero. They made up laws to go after Trump. They've tried to cripple him financially. They have indicted him over state and federal cases to the point that he went in prison for 700 years? Please, tell me what the difference is between Putin's Russia and Biden's America. Just help me. Help me understand, please. And here's the point. Donald Trump is fond of saying They're coming after me because I'm the one standing in the way to you. And I know that sounds like a cute political slogan, whatever. It's true! Ask those 1,400 American families that have been decimated by this bogus charade that we know as January 6th. If you didn't think they're coming after you, go talk to any of those families. Go read about what's happened to those 1,400 families. And Kelly, they're not done yet. U.S. Attorney, D.C. U.S. Attorney Grace, he's talking about another 1,000 they're going to round up in the next year or so. For what? Pure politics. No different than what happens in Putin's Russia. It's a message what they did to Navalny is a message to Russian citizens. Don't fight the system. Don't oppose the regime. And your life will be fine. You rise up. You run your mouth. This is what's going to happen to you. And it's no different than what's happening in this country as I sit here tonight on February 16th, year of our Lord, 2024 at 11.27 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There is no difference than don't ever talk to me again about Russia and Putin's an evil man. Don't talk to me about what happens in North Korea or China or Cuba or Venezuela or any of these other despot nations. I don't want to hear it because we are no different. We are no better as I sit here tonight. Look at what they've done to Trump. We now have all the facts of what they did to him in 20, late 2015, all through 2016, leading up the election. What they did to him after the election. The criminal 
acts that they committed to not only try to stop him from being president, but then act to destroy his presidency once he's elected. Then that wasn't enough. Then they indicted him, or not indicted, uh, impeached him over a phone call for exactly what Joe Biden actually did. They 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 worked with globalists here in this country and around the world to steal the 2020 election so he couldn't be reelected, and then tried to destroy him with the January 6th Fed surrection. And that was not only a operation to destroy Trump and keep him from ever holding office again, but also as a message to you, you, who has a big mouth, you can't stay off social media and elicit your anger at the regime. It's a message, shut your mouth, be a good, like Russia, shut your mouth, be a good citizen, and life will be fine. Rock the boat, we're coming after you. Don't ever talk to me again about Putin or Kim Jong-un or Chairman Xi or anything. Don't talk to me about these people. We're no better. We are no Again, in my nearly 66 years of living on this earth, I can honestly say, until the last four years, I always viewed this country as Ronald Reagan presented it, that, you know, City on a shining hill, right? We were always the envy of the world. Still are in many respects. But it wasn't anything other than the fact we had freedoms other people didn't enjoy. We had a constitution that protected us from a rogue government. We weren't North Korea. We weren't Russia. We weren't China. We were better than that. We would we rose above that kind of operation. But no longer. Sorry. We're no we're no different. So you know, if you're upset about Navalny's death and Putin killed Navalny and I'm not in any way, shape, or form, you know, saying that was a fine thing to do or giving him a break. Or not. I'm just saying, I don't want to hear about it. We're no better. We're no different. Can I tell you something? If they can put a bullet in Donald Trump's head tonight and just end all this nonsense, they would do it in a second. By God's providence, he was once a president, which means he's got lifetime secret service detail. That's a problem for the those who want to take him out that way. Okay? Just being blunt with you. Two years ago, on this program, I can't begin to tell you the emails I got from people upset because I started talking about the A word. Yeah. Assassination. It's not like it hadn't happened in this country before. We have a history in this country of 
political assassinations. So I, it wasn't like I was bringing up some taboo topic that was without historical reference, right? And it's funny because in the last year, there's all kinds of people now openly talking about that sick, evil possibility. Because it's real. If you think they would go to all the efforts they have to destroy this man, how much easier would it be to get some guy to plug him in the head with a bullet and be done with him? And let that be a lesson to all you America first, MAGA, whatever you want to call the people, followers of Donald Trump, you know, stay in your lane, shut your mouth, obey, don't call the ruckus. Or we have ways of taking care of you. And if you doubted that, just go look at what they've done to these, to 98% of the people that they have targeted for January 6th who did nothing wrong. It's disgusting. So I'm just, all I'm saying to you tonight, I don't want to hear about Putin anymore. Don't want to hear about Navalny anymore. Sorry. Don't want to hear about, don't want to hear about it. Don't want to hear about it. Sorry. And then you have the big Fonny Willis Fulton. <laughs> you know, I will say this. God has a sense of humor. He really, if you didn't know God has a sense of humor, just look at Fulton County, please. I mean, talk about a clown show. Whew. If you did not believe God has a sense of humor, just look at Fulton County, Georgia. Wow. Donald Trump's big, bad prosecutor, Fonnie Willis. <laughs> Does he know how many continents there are in this world? Does he know what continent she's on? Gosh. Oh. I don't know what bubblegum package she got her law degree from, but whatever. That's a, another story. Uh, she was supposed to be back on the stand this morning. All the networks were waiting with bated breath for 9 a.m. Eastern time. Fonnie's back on the stand. And this was going to be her office attorneys now trying to resuscitate her. You know, clean up all the damage she did yesterday. Lots of damage, by the way. But you know what happened this morning at 9 o'clock? When it was time for the district attorney's office to uh, try to uh, clean her up? Um, we have no questions for Miss Willis. And because they had no questions, that means there was no uh, redirect from the Trump at all lawyers, which meant Fannie was done. No mas, no mas. She did enough damage yesterday for 20 trials. They didn't want her anywhere near that witness stand again today. 
Oh, the network folks. Oh, we had all, oh, we raped for all day at Fanny. Get up. No, Fanny, 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 Fanny. They had to, they, they put it into Fanny. She did enough damage yesterday. <laughs> she was destroyed yesterday, just for the record. Now, I know if you watch some of the uh, corporate media, Oh, she was combative and she was strong and she was this and she was that. She was a she was a nut. That was one of the most damaging few hours on the witness stand that you will ever see in your life. Okay, from a legal standpoint, you may have liked her combative nature and calling. Oh, that was cute and all of her quips and whatever she destroyed herself in that entire hearing so today you had her father the former black panther okay and of course he had his oh black people always he he went to the black people always have cash card not he's I'm not being a racist, but you know us black people, we you know the white people they hate us. We're they're racist out there. We have to have cash because they don't want to use our credit card. Uh, I mean it was the most insane nonsense. Let me tell you something. Three of the board members of live of, of Bill Keller Ministries, the home of life for for twenty five years are black black men from Southside Chicago. Just to be blunt with you. The stuff that they talked about were, were foreign to these men. They don't view this world as a black world, a white world. And listen, I get, I get all of that. Listen, I spent 20 years in Chicago, so I don't need any lectures on this stuff, okay? I was bust in 1972 to an all-black high school. I was in the first, I was in the very first wave of forced busing in 1972 when they took me out of my lily white middle-class white neighborhood to an all-black high school. Okay? So I grew up in this stuff. I lived through the civil rights era. I lived through the whole integration and all that stuff. Don't then I went to Ohio State University. 60,000 students from all over the world. So I've lived my life in these, you know, multi-racial ethnic environments, okay? So don't come and talk to me about this stuff. It's nonsense. Is there an element of that in the book? Sure. By the way, let me just take a, can I take a quick detour here? I need to come back to the Fanny thing. But let me take a quick detour. They finally, finally today, admitted that two juveniles were charged in the Kansas City parade shootings that cost one woman her life, and there's still 21 people with gunshot wounds, uh, most still in the hospital, some in critical condition. Now, do you know what the interesting thing is? Because let me tell you something. My time each day is very valuable. The one, the one thing, if you've got $1 in your pocket 
or you've got $100 billion in your pocket. Do you know what the great equalizer is every day? God gives each person, whether you've got $1 or $100 billion, 24 hours. And time is one of the greatest commodities there is. And to do what I've done for the last 30 years, 25 online, almost 21 years now on TV, my time each day is as precious as I can. I cannot even begin to tell you how precious every minute of every day is to me because of the things I need to get done and accomplish each day, okay? I took probably 40 minutes, which I know that may not sound like much, but for me, in the middle of a day where I've got a million things to do, that, that was a big chunk of time. I spent 40 minutes. I went through 40 minutes, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of links. Once the story broke that they charged two juveniles with the Kansas. Can I tell you something tonight? And if this changed in the last few hours, I'll be gladly corrected. But not one, not one, not one of those stories said that the two juveniles that they charged in these shootings were black. Sorry, that's just a fact. They don't even want, they refuse to even tell the public. The, now, why is that important? Well, you know what? It gets back to this whole issue. It's not the guns. It's mental health. It's the fact that you've got young black men growing up in impoverished neighborhoods with no fathers. Okay? And we talked about this last night, so I'm not going to go back into it tonight. But if you want to know the problem, what happened in Kansas City, that wasn't a problem with guns. It was a it was a it was a problem with a number one mental health, and in Kansas City, probably more specifically, young black kids growing up in homes without fathers. Okay, not one of those stories in forty minutes could I find that identified them as being black. Why is that? Why why is that a big deal? I think that's an important. Back to the story. Why did they leave it out? Why would nobody report it? Oh, that's racist, Bill. No, it's not. How many nights have we sat on this program for over the last 21 years and talked about you can take every societal problem and trace it back to what? Break down to what? Marriage and the family. And it's not just the black family, it's the white family, the Asian family, the Hispanic family, the Indian family, and every other family. But when you're talking about these inner city, inner city neighborhoods, impoverished black communities, the biggest problem they got is a breakdown of the family, fatherless homes, there you go. And again, I, I'm not doing it justice, but I know there are many godly ministries out there. God-breathed ministries. Jack Brewer is one I know, former NFL player. But there's many godly ministries out there. There's a former tight end for the New Orleans Saints, can't think of his name right now, 
He's the number one. But there are many godly men and ministries out there that are focused on this very issue. Because this is where the rubber meets the road in this issue. All right, back to fam. fam. Um, oh, let me let me hit this one social issue real quick. I probably should spend more time than I'm gonna, but let me just hit it, put it on the table. I may come back to it some night. And that's this whole thing yesterday, where she said, "Well, I don't need a man." You know, men are companions. I don't depend on men. And listen, she was married nine years, had two kids, got divorced, parents are divorced. So I get it. She she was not part of what you would call a godly situation throughout. And that would make you look at life a little differently. Listen, the rules, listen, the rules of men and women as laid out in the Bible, are very specific. And it does not say, listen, if Fanny Wallace wants to be a district, there's nothing in the Bible that says she can't be a district attorney. But if she's following God's word, there is a role for a woman, a role for a man. You know? And these militant women that say, I don't need a man. Okay, fine, that's fine. They say, I just need a companion. Well, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get some, you know, droopy, uh, spineless man that will be part of a situation like that. And again, it all goes back to what is God's plan? What is God's role for a man and woman? Does not mean a woman can't be a district attorney or a very strong woman or a very opinionated woman or any of that. But at the end of the day, there is a role for a man, there is a role for a woman, as laid out in God's word. And when you follow those roles, life works. And when you don't, you get what we've got today. Societal, you know, stew. <laughs> for lack of a better word. And, and can I tell you something real quick? Please quit insulting our intelligence. It was so obvious. Her, again, her daddy was on the stand today. Her daddy, she, and that attorney where they all sat down and cooked up this whole cash deal because they had to be able to explain how she got all these benefits. But, oh, she really didn't get all these benefits. Anybody that believes that nonsense, I got some beautiful beachfront property in Des Moines, Iowa for you tonight, okay? Give me a break. And of course, whenever, just saying, whenever somebody funny gets in trouble, where does she go? She goes two places. The black church and the race card. They're racist! And that just didn't happen yesterday on the stand. She did that two weeks ago. Guess where? In a black AME church in, in Atlanta, Georgia, where she played what? The race card. And can I just say something? Whether it's Fonnie Willis in Georgia, Tish James in New York, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan, 
Jack Smith, the disgraced former DOJ attorney. It's, it's kind of interesting to me how the deep state, the Biden administration, they have basically pulled together a collection of clowns, legal clowns, to try to take down Trump. He's going to appeal his New York State ruling today. I believe, and I really mean this, even as biased and as corrupt as the New York judicial system is, I think when they get to those final layers of the uh, New York court system, I think you're going to find some legitimate judges that are going to say, this is nonsense. Just like I believe that whole nonsense with E. Jean Carroll, that's going to be overturned. I mean, the the way these trials have been handled, cooking up charges, never they never, do you know in the E. Jean Carroll case, and in this New York case that they, 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 uh, they uh, had their verdict today, those are charges that they never charged anybody in the history of the world with. Just to show you how desperate they are. I mean, they're coming up with stuff that they've never charged anybody with. And then you got Atlanta, Georgia with this insane RICO case, like Trump questioning an election is the same as you know, the mafia uh, organizations, which is what they're being charged with. They're being charged under mafia uh, uh, ordinances for questioning an election. And then you got the Joe Biden being cleared of holding documents he never had any legal rights to hold, yet Trump is a former president under the presidential uh uh, Presidential Record Act has every right to the documents he had. Every right. Yet he'd be in charge. And then you've got the whole January 6th, which is nothing but claiming that the election was stolen. And like I said, the only good thing about that is he's going to get a chance to put on defense and prove it was stolen. So... Um, oh, by the way, I told you last night about these 235 radio stations Soros is buying just in, just in time for the election. A lot of the stations, by the way, are Hispanic. And they're Hispanic music and kind of, you know, not Republican, but just family values. He's going to re- cast these stations as liberal, like um, you know, the various Telemundo and you know, the the hardcore left Spanish TV networks. Um, oh, listen to this. The one illegal that they actually held in the assault on those police officers who's been in Rikers Island He's out. He's out tonight. He got bailed out. Wait till you bail him out. You ready for this? You ready for this? This is illegal. Has no business country. The reason he was held on bail was because he had like 
a multitude of other charges already on his ticket. He's been sitting in Rikers Island, 15,000 bail. He's now out. God knows where he is. And he was bailed out by a pro-immigrant Brooklyn Lutheran Church. <laughs> you can't make this up. But don't forget, Lutheran Services is one of the NGOs that's getting tens of millions of dollars from the federal government to provide immigrant services. Unbelievable. Uh, Biden went to East Palestine, Ohio today after one year. Just a total joke. I keep talking to you about praying for our Christian brothers and sisters in Nigeria. Eight, the number finally came out today. 8,000 Christians were slaughtered in Nigeria in 2023. 8,000. Um, oh, by the way, let me go back for a real quick minute to this whole Putin and Navalny situation. Now, if you watch this program, this is not news to you. But less than a month ago, do you know there was an American journalist named Gonzo Lira, who died in a Ukrainian prison because he, he was in prison because he dared to oppose Zelensky and the war. And he died, died, dead, D-E-A-D, dead, just like Navalny. Died in a Ukrainian prison less than a month ago. And it's funny, I didn't see hardly any coverage in the U.S. media about this death. So just pointing out how selective the outrage is. Oh, Putin killed Navalny. Bad Putin, bad Putin. Give Ukraine $60 billion so they can take out that bad man Putin. Yet Zelensky killed a, U, a U.S. journalist. I mean, Putin basically killed one of his own citizens. Not saying that makes it any better. I'm just pointing out. Zelensky killed one of our citizens. Oh, you remember that? Uh, the uh, uh, Khashoggi? That the uh, Saudis tra tracked down and cut him up, put him in a wood chopper, whatever they did. And, and for the record, just for the record, he was a... Uh, he was a, uh, a traitor to the side. He was a Saudi citizen and he was working for the Muslim Brotherhood that was against Saudi Arabia. You know, that's what, kind of what happens when you are a, a spy for an opposing organization to your government. You know, in those kind of countries, you might end up in a wood chopper. Sorry, not saying, not saying it makes it better. And just because he wrote a couple bylines of the Washington Post doesn't make it doesn't make him some kind of a hero, okay? To the Saud to the Saudis, he was a traitor. And in that part of the world, traitors end up in wood choppers. Again, not saying not saying that makes it right, just telling you the facts. But here we've got an American citizen in Ukraine who is writing anti-Zelensky stuff 
opposing the war? Why are they destroying an entire generation of young men? For what? And he gets thrown into Ukraine prison where less than a month ago, he died. Just like Navalny died. Yet they're crying about Navalny tonight. Not a word about Gonzo Lira, who Zelensky killed. Just like Putin killed Navalny. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Got to get out of here. Still got some stuff, but that's fine. It'll be here Monday. Um, before we get out, don't forget, it's the weekend. Do something fun. Eat some good food. Um, go to church. Don't forget, if you need a church service, live prayer church, you can go to my homepage, scroll to the bottom. There's a link for live prayer church. We put a new service up every Sunday at midnight. It's there all week, so any day, any hour of the day. You can get a nice service, about 30, 35 minutes. Check it out. All right, before we leave tonight, let me give you a chance to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to come to Jesus. If you want to make that decision tonight, never wonder or worry again about your eternal soul. Pray with me right now. Dear Lord, I come to you this night asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, tonight I believe in my heart I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And Lord, this night, I come to you, surrender my life to you, now and forevermore, I am yours. In Jesus' name I pray. My friend, if you pray in a minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. Have a book I'll send you, won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. If you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate to email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. Love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight. Have a blessed weekend. Lord willing, back here Monday night, 11 o'clock. God bless. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Times are hard and you're not strong. I know the answer for you. And it will